0: This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted Hi, I'm J.K. the writer, director of Aviation Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer, director of the film Harbour Suites This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast Hello Stuart, just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas Hi everybody, this is Mo Ali, the director of Montana Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County from
1: to screen, to Morning, it is the 27th of April. Where the hell is 2016 going? It's nearly the end of April, it's nearly beginning of May, and uh, weirdly enough on the 26th of April here in the UK, it was actually snowing. What is all that about? The end of April is actually snowing. Absolutely mental. Well, there's no co host for this particular episode. John Fouts is off busy working or on holiday or who knows what, but um, it's been at least a couple of weeks since I recorded with him. I am planning on recording with John Fouts, not this week, but the week after. I did record a new episode of the horror show the other day, which is now on your feeds. If you are listening to this podcast episode on the British Movie Show feed, um, do yourself a favour, but also do me a favour. So that's actually a better way of thinking about it, isn't it? Do me the favour by going over to the feed that says The Movie Show. Because then you're going to get extra shows. Um, I'm still struggling from the same old problem as I always have from The British Movie Show. Which is I just don't have a co-host. There isn't anybody I know who podcasts that watches the same films I do or as watches as many British movies as I do. So I do sort of struggle with the podcast. Um, there will be episodes, and there are still episodes going up here when I've got guests. For example, tomorrow night I'm recording with Daniel and Lewis from um, the Alone movie. They're currently doing a Kickstarter campaign. So I'm going to be chatting with them. They did Twisted Part 1, which you can watch for free, on uh, from Page to Screens Click Movie Theatre, if you look at com, or if you don't want to watch any of my other stuff, um, A, while you listen to the podcast, but B... Just go over to YouTube and type in Twisted Part 1. It's a really, really cool, near half-hour horror film that the guys have done on a budget of next to nothing. It's a really good film, and even better because they've done it for virtually nothing. So what have I been up to? This is generally going to be a What Have I Been Up To podcast. Um, For anybody listening to the other podcasts, or mainly the John Fouts one. Uh, the horror one tends to just go straight in there and rattle off a whole list of horror films and horror news that we've been watching. I was chatting with Stu and Lauren, who are the co-hosts with me on the horror show, and we are going to scale it back slightly. And by that, I mean we record once a month, and to go through all the films we've watched, it is pretty much like a list. i watch watched this one, this one, this one, this one, and it can get a bit tiring uh, it probably get a bit tiring to listen to. It can get a bit tiring to actually go through. For example, I watched The Wicker Man the other week, and I think I'm lucky if I talked about that film for a minute, two minutes, maybe. Um, so we're going to sort of pick the highlights, or at least two or three films off our list and just talk about those. It'll make it a damn sight easier for me. I do like horror films, but one of the things that I struggle with uh, is that I just... I don't have the assistance if that makes sense. Um for every film I watch I either end up buying or am graciously sent another three. Which is good, but I don't I don't know you get to a certain age you think I can't sit down for 12 hours and watch films anymore. I don't know why I'm very fidgety and I'm always aware that I've got the social media stuff to uh, to crack on with or I've got emails to answer or I've got a podcast to edit or record. Or um, I've got a book to read. It just gets a bit, ah, I, just, I need to scale back somehow without scaling back. Um, I love what I do, but I just find myself uh, a little bit crushed by the workload sometimes. But you know what? I ain't down a mind digging out coal, so I'm not going to complain too much. Um, I just need to get a little bit more organised when it comes to the British movies that I need to talk about. And I've watched quite a few. But I've watched quite a few non-UK movies and I've watched quite a few horror movies and TV shows and bits and pieces like that. So, yeah, how hard is my life? It's just exhausting, isn't it? And of course, with this episode, I'm going to digress like a mofo because I'm not using any show notes whatsoever. Um, So, yes, horror show. We're going to be scaling that back slightly. Still going to be recording once a month. Still going to be having guests on. We had James Plum who is the guy behind Kerb Crawlers and Night of the Living Dead Resurrection, to name a couple of films. We had him on as a guest, and he's a lot of fun. I've spoke to him once before, two years ago. Crazy. That's how much time flies. I've been trying to get James back on the podcast for um, for probably two years, but I was just too busy and too forgetful to ask. I'm sorry, James, but I'm glad you came back on. Um, with regards to the movie show with John Fouts, I'm loving doing that. I'd love to do that every week, but uh, but I don't. And so it's nice when we get together every couple of weeks and we just chat about, you know, whatever we've been watching. Um, We do throw topics and stuff in there now. Again, if you listen to the two-hour, 40-minute, which is a lot longer than I normally do a podcast for, the two-hour, 40-minute top 20 movies of our own choice uh, was fun. It was myself, John, and Jake. So pretty much we went through at least 75 movies because you had honourable mentions in there. Um, It's fun listening to what some people's choices were. I was chatting to Fraser Cool from Cops and Monsters the other day. He said he would put the Mask of Zorro in his top 10. Um, Not quite sure I understand that one, but you know what? I have Beverly Hills Cop 2 in my top list so I'm not about to criticise anybody else's list. So what have I been up to? Well, I'm still hammering away with all the social media stuff. As you can see, the Twitter following is building up wonderfully. I don't understand why some of the people who follow me follow me um, i have started building a list up of the really sort of those people you could tell the names to you know you sarah douglas from superman 2 jim Butler from the uh, richard kelly who wrote Donnie darko you know that type of thing i ain't got a clue why they follow me on twitter but they do so god bless them um, it is quite surreal and wonderful Uh, I am still busy putting together the experience in Comic-Con film that I decided to start putting together last September, weirdly enough. um, It's still constantly changing, which in some ways I quite like it, but in other ways it's like, for God's sake, man, just pick a format and stick to it. Originally it was going to be a full documentary all about Sci-Fi whales, as I've mentioned before, which happened last September and I was hosting six or seven panels at that event, but due to a few technical issues, shall we say, that didn't happen. But I did manage to get quite a lot of footage from it. And I'm in, I'm still in possession of that footage. So I then decided, well, maybe I'll just do it over two or three Comic-Cons. Um, so Annette and I went to MCM London. And I did a little bit of filming there. Filmed some clips of Q&A panels and met Edward James Olmos from Battlestar Galactica Miami Vice, RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad, Saul Rubinek from True Romance, Virginia Hay, uh, Robert Llewellyn, etc. And got a bunch of footage from that one. Then we did a surprise road trip down to MCM Birmingham, um, I think it's last month, and I got a little bit of footage there. Only about half an hour or so, but it all adds up. I've got footage from years ago. uh, My first ever Q&A panel at MCON, which is mcon's actually happening this weekend two years ago i was nearly going to go but that kind of fell through um and then i figured well how do you end a documentary about comic-con events So i worked out how to do that and i began the process of arranging to try and do that um a few hiccups along the way but I don't want to tell you the full story, otherwise no point in you watching the film when it comes out. I'm hoping to get it out in September. Um, at the minute, you you might have seen me uploading and talking about some uh, some short films and stuff I've shot. I shot a brief one at the MCM London, London, uh, MCM Birmingham Comic Con even, um, where I was chatting to John Shelton uh, and my dark. And the guys from the Hellraiser documentary, Leviathan. And I put that out as maybe, I think like five, six minutes short film. So I was learning how to edit using that. I mean, I know how to edit. But basically, I know how to edit if it's a case of chopping two clips up and then putting two clips together and maybe fading out and and um, blending them. That part of editing I know. But the other tricky part of editing which I learned when I started to put the footage together for some of the sci-fi whales. Um, there was a panel there by the guys who were behind Two Kill Comics. Uh, it's a 25-minute 20, panel, so I thought, right, I'm going to gather all the footage for that, and I'm just going to make their panel, because I wanted to try and get it out for them so they've got some more press, because that's a pretty big help for uh, for any independent people. You know, people talk about it, it's good, as long as they talk about it in a good way. So I used that as an example, um, showing me how to edit. However, there isn't a complete camera angle. Um, So some of the footage was missing. So I had to learn how to edit, swap bits around and do voiceovers, etc. And it was kind of tricky. It took me about two days and it kind of works. You know, if you go to youtube.com slash from page to screen... You will, uh, you'll see it there. It's the 2Kill Comics Q&A panel. Some of it looks a bit blurry. That's because the only part of the opening was from a distance. So I had to crop out everything and focus on the guys. Um, but you live and learn. So this video editing lark. Whew, time consuming or what? So God knows how long it's going to take me to sit down and edit a full length feature film. I think currently I'm up to about 35 hours worth of footage Um, I do need to sort of make a shot list I think at some point and also make a list of the stuff I've actually got but I do have a little bit of a script in place Um, but it's not easy doing a script for something that you may not shoot I mean these comic cons they're kind of on the fly Um, any little interviews I grab with people they're not pre-arranged they are just, any chance you can say something to a camera say whatever you want and they do it, and then I'm writing a script around the footage I've got. So I'm kind of doing it half-arsed, as they would say. Um, and the other pro, but it's also a con, is of nobody to tell me, oh, no, you don't do it like that. You're better off doing it this way. This is purely me sitting at a computer going, I'm going to try it this way. I think it'll work. And uh, you know, nobody's there to tell me it won't. So... It's kind of like being Quentin Tarantino, really, isn't it I suppose? Just thinking, oh, I can do whatever I wish and nobody can tell me not to bother. Um, but it's fun. So I'm busy doing that. I'm, I'm still hoping to get that out, more than likely the end of September. I think August and September I will just be stuck in this room and I'll just be editing non-stop to try and get this film out. I did start editing at one point, but then I realised, well, why am I editing something that's not been finished yet? As in not been f- filmed And not been written. Knowing my luck, I'd spend weeks and weeks editing it. And then I would get to the very, very end. And I'd think, oh, no, I'm going to do it this way now. And I would just have to do it all over again. So I thought, screw that. I'm going to to shoot all the footage. Back it all up onto several hard drives. And then just edit it when I've got the storyline done. So that's my plan. So I'm I'm busy doing the filming. Um, I do want to get some feature length interviews done at some point. That was one of the promises I made to myself as well as some of the backers for last year's Indiegogo campaign. I still have all the equipment. I'm really looking after the equipment. It's actually still in boxes. When I'm using it, it comes out of its box, it gets used and it goes back in its box. So it's it's pretty it looks brand new. Um, I've not used the wireless microphones yet, but they will come in handy when I'm doing some interviews. Um and other than that I'm just trying to catch up on watching films. Um, I'm trying to get back into the British thing and just just catch up on that lot, really. But it's uh, yeah, it's not easy. But, as I said, I am not down a mine digging coal, so I'm not going to complain too much. Um, so what are some of the highlights of the films that I have watched? Well, last night I watched the 1993 Jim Sheridan film, or as I very kindly initially typed it up in the blog, directed by Neil Jordan. Yeah. Sorry about that, Jim. Uh but no, it was directed by Jim Sheridan, who did My Left Foot. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis plays Jerry Conlon. He is imprisoned for the 1974, I believe it was, Guilford pub bombings. And as a viewer of the film, we know he didn't do it, because we've watched him on the film not doing it. Um, and it's it is a really, really good film. It's at least 20 years since I've watched that one. But... It's it's still a pretty damn powerful film. Daniel Day-Lewis is just... You know, you could see why he gets all his Oscars. I'm um, surprised he didn't get one for In the Name of the Father. But uh, it was 1993, so... I think probably Schindler's List came out and went... Yeah, we're over that. Was Schindler 93? I can't remember. Never mind. Um, over the weekend, we watched the 1973 film The Wicker Man. Which I do. The Wicker Man is a classic. It's a classic. It's got one of those sort of final act things where you're like, holy crap, that's amazing. But the film is kind of dated now. Um, and, I, and I watched it. She'd never seen it before, but it was in the book, 1001 Movies to Watch Before You Die. So we watched The Wicker Man. Um, it ticked the box because it was a horror film. It was a British film and it was in the, the book that we needed to uh, to get through. Uh, it's just too many songs in it for my liking it's it's a film of its time which is fine but i just i don't know too many songs christopher lee's amazing in it edward woodward's amazing in it Britt eckland's amazing in it uh, ingrid pitt's in there as well she's always awesome but i just i don't know i don't know how many more times i would need to watch the wicker man um the surprise film of the week was it was a TV movie, so do you class it as a film? It's from 1966, and it's, uh, it's directed by Ken Loach and produced by Tony Garrett. And it is a TV movie um, that was very powerful at the time. And if you watch it now, it's still pretty darn powerful. Um, would it have be been a Ken Loach film? You don't tend to come away from that feeling all happy, smiley, and you know, tingly inside. Kathy um, Come Home, which is about a woman, funnily enough, called Kathy whose life is amazing. It's going really, really well. And she meets a man and she gets married and she has children and life is great and have a nice house. And then, as often happens with many people's lives, one little incident sends their lives spiralling down in a very realistic way. And to go into more details would kind of ruin the viewing I don't want to use the word pleasure because it's not a pleasurable film to watch, but it's it's a bloody seriously well-made film. Um, but it is. It's about real people, real problems. It might have been made in 1966, but I tell you, those problems still exist now. Um, and it is one of those films that I think I will rewatch every couple of years or at least once a year, and it's, people haven't seen it. it will be like, you know what, you need to watch Cathy Come Home. A bit like I'm doing now. I'm happily recommending Kathy Come Home. If you've seen Kez, which is also a great film, um, but not a happy, cheery film, um, then you'll kind of know the feeling that Ken Loach films do. I'm going to go through all my DVDs. I've got quite a few Ken Loach films. I've got Jimmy's Hill. Uh, was it Jimmy's Hall. I've not even watched it yet, so I've, I've forgotten the title. But I've got a few Ken Loach films downstairs. But I'm not going to watch them all back-to-back because I'll feel really depressed because he does seriousness. They're very serious films and they're so well done and they have that realistic feel to them. It's as if he's just gone out and just pointing the camera at real people having real dilemmas and real issues. And it's very, very effective. So much so I just I couldn't watch like a, a full box set of Ken Loach films back-to-back. Uh, I'd need to chuck in a bit of a comedy now and again. But definitely, I picked... Cathy Come Home, up on DVD. um, Probably like a week or two ago. So it is still still available. Um, Hooligan Legacy, which you will hear a lot more about in May when that's released. I was fortunate enough to see a screener of that one. Um, My initial thoughts on that, I'm not going to go into the full review because I'm going to be doing that more than likely on one of my video content um, things when it's out in May, but I was a little bit concerned. It's like, here we go, another film with hooligans in it. Oh, you look at the covers, people holding football scarves and stuff, you're like, oh, here we go. First couple of minutes of the film, I'm like, oh, is this just going to be like a a stereotypical hooligan British crime film? But within maybe five minutes, I'm like, nope, this is different. It was, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, And I would recommend checking that one out, so... You will hear more about that. I'm going to do a non-spoilery review later on when the film comes out on DVD in uh, in May. And and I rewatched the film Seventy One starring Jack O'Connell, which is very very good. That's twice I've seen that now. First time I watched it, I thought it was re- it was good. I thought Jack O'Connell was the best thing about it. Because he gives yet another great performance. This was the same year that he did Startup and Unbroken. So it was like definitely the year of Jack O'Connell, was, uh, it was 2014, 2015. And the storyline I thought was okay on my initial viewing. And you know, I would recommend it on watching for Jack O'Connell's performance. But then when I rewatched it with Annette the other week, um, I really, really enjoyed it. The storyline did grip me. Jack O'Connell is still amazing and I appreciate the film a lot more. I think I was probably a little bit tired when I first watched it. So all is forgiven. And I also watched Kill Your Friends starring Nicholas Holt. Um, for the non-UK people there, you will know him as the uh, war boy from Mad Max Fury Road. Here in the UK we know him from Skins and about a boy. Um, Kill Your Friends, it's a really, really easy film to pitch. It is American Cycle in the 90s, but about the music industry. There you go. It's good. It is very, very similar to uh, American Cycle, but that's not a bad thing. It's not trying to rip off American Cycle, but I'd be hard-pressed to think that the the writer of this film wasn't doing his little homage to American Cycle, because there are a lot of similarities in that one. Uh, But it's good. I enjoyed it. It's not the sort of film I'd rush off to cinema to see. And I didn't. I picked it up on DVD. Um, But it was good. I was chatting to Stu Miller about it on a podcast. He wasn't a fan. uh, But he is quite hard to please anyway when it comes to films. But I had fun watching it. I don't know how many more times I would watch it. But it was fun. It's an easy film to just stick on. Turn it up because it's got quite a good soundtrack to it. James Corden's in there in, in a small role. Which is quite amusing. I'm like, is that James Corden? And it was James Corden. Um it was good. I did enjoy it. So my plans for today, um, I'm going to get this podcast uploaded. So that way there is actually something on the British feed. But I just wanted to jump on and just explain what I do, um, or what I've been doing. In fact, while we're using the phrase what I do, that is one of the hardest questions that I've, I've still never worked out how to answer it. And it is a question I get asked now and again, usually face-to-face. People will say, so, you know, so what is it you do? And I've never come up with a really quick pitch or a title or a high concept way to say it. Um, I mean, I run social media accounts for at least six people now. Um, I run from page to screen.com. I've got three podcasts. I've got the movie show, the British movie show, and the horror show. Um, I interview people. I also do Q&A panel hosting. Um, there was a, a six-minute short film that I put up on the YouTube channel um, just showcasing, very briefly, me doing some of the panels. Uh, that's something I really would get into, doing more hosting panels. Really, really enjoying it. And... So I do all that. I just basically, am, a, am I a publicist? Am I, 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 I've I? got a clue. What do I do? I do everything. <laughs> that's pretty much what I do. I do absolutely everything. Um, unfortunately, not for any income, which that's the part that sucks. Um, if only I can just start doing the things I do either for somebody else or on behalf of somebody else. Or who knows, I just get very, I feel like a juggler sometimes who's been given 10 balls to juggle and it's like, right, I need to just not drop any of these. And then now and again, I will drop one and so I'll pick one up and then I'll drop another one and I'll pick that one up. It gets very, very confusing sometimes um, and can make my head spin semi-often. So, you know, for those who think that I just sit down and watch films for 12 hours a day, nope, 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 does not happen. Um, I don't really have the energy to sit down and watch films non-stop. I think ideally what I'd love to do is I would love to do the Q&A panel hosting. I would love to do the publicity for people. Basically, I want to do what I'm doing now. I just want to make some money at it so I can do this for a job. Oh, But, you know, that'll either happen or it won't. Um, and I think other than that, that is pretty much uh, all me caught up. Um, Fraser and I hopefully will do a crowdfunding rant podcast um, over the next few days. He's off to see Captain America uh, Civil War. I'm not, I don't tend to go to cinema that often now because just cinema audiences annoy me. Um, so he wants to do like a podcast about Captain America. I want to do one about crowdfunding i've i've helped on a few crowdfunding campaigns i've run two of my own first one crashed and burned don't ever run one at christmas just saying and the second one did quite well um and i help out on a lot of peoples and i look at a lot of peoples now me helping out on a lot of them is just basically me retweeting to the to the people that follow me on twitter and doing some website articles, maybe getting them on a podcast, just maximising their potential audience as much as possible. Um, I don't know the formula 100% for a successful crowdfunding campaign, nor do I claim to. However, looking at a lot of campaigns, people fall into the pitholes um, that they should not fall into. And they do don't do things that they should really, really be doing. Um, it's kind of like some people will set up a campaign and then not tell people that it's there. That is the like number one mistake, is if you're going to do a campaign, you let people know about it so that they can look at the page and so they can donate it. So I've seen a few of those campaigns going on, uh, and a lot of them are really small fixes that just torpedo crowdfunding campaign so i've spoke to fraser and I said, like we need to do a podcast where we can just rant we're gonna have a rant and just talk about the mistakes it's certainly not us telling other people that they're doing them wrong because as fraser knows and as i know crowdfunding campaigns are bloody hard work and there is no way to guarantee that you hit your funds however we're gonna have a rant um And then hopefully there'll be some tips and hints about how to make crowdfunding a little bit easier. Um, It's not going to be too heavy. We're not going to get spreadsheets out or anything like that. But we're just going to basically have a conversation and hopefully just help a few people out. It's what we do. It's why I spend so many hours and days on social media. It's why I do the websites. Like I said, I don't get paid for any of this. Um, So I do it to help people. Um, Yeah, there we go. Well, that pretty much rounds up this very, very tangented ranty solo episode. I'm going to go and have a drink now because I've been talking nonstop for oh about half an hour now. Well, nearly half an hour, about 25 minutes, Um, which is fine. I'm okay. I'm used to talking. But I just wanted to jump on and make sure there was some sort of podcast episode on the British movie show feed. But do jump over to the movie show feed because you do get these British shows on there and you get extra shows as well and if you don't like horror films don't worry about it we don't go into graphic details we don't show clips on there we just it's like the movie show it's like the other podcast but it's just with a horror tangent as well um and you can always download it if you start it you don't like it delete it listen to the next one but i would highly recommend listening to the shows i do with john fouts because they are always fun he giggles all the time it's great everyone fed up record with john fouts he makes me laugh good um and thank you for listening to this one i hope everything is well wherever you're listening to can you leave a review because that would be amazing reviews for podcasts are nigh impossible to get i think the last one i got was 2012 and i know people don't listen to these podcasts because i can see the numbers and it would just be nice to just get a comment or if anybody's got any listener topics Email them through to to screen at gmail.com or tweet them at me because I I want some feedback. Um, Even more so if it's good feedback. If it's crap feedback, send it privately. (laughs) If it's good feedback, do it public. Shout it from the rooftops. Um, So thanks very much for listening. I hope everything's well with everybody. And to all the podcasters out there, thank you for everything you do. I enjoy listening to your shows as well um that's pretty much my daily routine is once I, I go to bed at night headphones in i listen to a podcast so it'll be a different show each night so um podcasting is fun keep doing it as long as it's fun and i'll keep listening so take care and enjoy your day
0: Hi, I'm David M. Kelly. I write science fiction, and I'd like to tell you about my latest book, Dead Reckoning, and other stories. It features a wide cast of characters dealing with some crazy situations, leaving them all in need of some serious therapy. It's available
1: from Amazon and other online bookstores. You can also find out more at my website, davidmkelly.net.
0: From From page to screen, so they have nine times out of ten they have to send it back to you unopened or just throw it in the garbage can. Things don't always look exactly as we envision our life to look, but sometimes it works out and turns out even better. Gregor Fisher' his bacon number is two because he was uh, appeared with January Jones in Love Actually, and January Jones and Kevin Bacon appeared in X Men First Class together. I've got to say the very Harold and Kumar three D Christmas. Now (laughs) that. want to out it's about the act and about the writing that's really what theatre is for me
1: probably had more names than, uh, than Prince or whatever never mind there's a joke for the oldies um, <laughs> like, who's, who's Prince who's he? he I'd just like to see uh, Mr Freeze hiring his bad guys going right okay so you're a psycho right can you ice skate head over to iTunes Spreaker and Stitcher and put in the search box from page to screen
0: there was a, a real sense of you were doing something wrong but that did give it that, that feeling of excitement when the reveal of the film happens that's when it just becomes absurd and the atmosphere and just the sense you get whenever you go into it is undeniable it,
1: it did absolutely zero for me which could be for the hype
0: what we've just discussed there is just scratching the surface on it hi i'm eric england the director of contracted and you're listening to from page to screen the horror show